one-stop shop for the stories, secrets, and shenanigans of a popcorn-fueled theme park journalist. I'm Carly Weisel, and I gotta tell you, as of literally today, I finally feel normal after D23 Expo 2022. I finally feel like, oh, I'm not ambiguously exhausted for a reason I can't remember. Maybe it's because I ate weird, sad sandwiches out of a mini fridge for a, for a few days. Maybe it's because I actually bought a bag of pre-hard-boiled eggs and then snacked on them like that was a socially acceptable thing because you know you'll need them on a vending machines. <laughs> oh, God, I still can't. Listen, I stand behind it. I stand behind it. I stand behind it. I stand behind my eggy choices. I did hard-boil a bunch of eggs last night for snacks this week. So you know what? I love an egg and I'm just going to leave it at that. Anyway, there's not much going on on the home front this week. I got to tell you, I'm still to spend the past week recovering from Expo, unpacking from Expo all weekend. Um, I finally put everything away, but piled a bunch of things in my office, like uh, laminate, like uh, what are they called? Um, badges and a Lena Bell pin and business cards for everyone who is on this episode and pins. And I don't even know what else I have to go through all of it, but I am so excited to be wrapping up officially our D23 Expo 2022 coverage with the Duffy and Friends panel that I was lucky enough to host at this year's convention. I mean, truly a dream come true, uh, as you will not be able to experience in this episode. Duffy the Disney Bear and Lena Bell both came out at the end of the panel, and it was one of the greatest moments of my life. Lena Bell, you gotta understand. Lena Bell has never appeared in America. Lena Bell, just as of about, I guess at this point, two weeks ago, maybe a week and a half ago, I'm getting my dates wrong, but Lena Bell just finally debuted at other parks beyond Shanghai Disneyland, where she debuted. So being able to hug Lena Bell was wild. And also when you hug Lena Bell, um, I put my arm around her and my arm rested on her tail because it's so fluffy and so tall. Oh, I love her so much. Um, I'm gonna get right into the episode, but one thing I wanna add before I forget, is that I was asked, I think online, I think on Instagram, someone asked me, or maybe it was a churros hotline. Anyway, someone asked me in some format, hey, how come the merchandise at D23 Expo 2022 had Aulani tags on it? Are we going to get Lena Bell at Aulani? And I floated the question to the powers that be, and I was told that actually the merchandise left over from D23 Expo will be sent to Aulani. So if you are a Duffy and Friends fan, and you are sad if you could not make uh, Expo or you are sad that you did not buy anything there, that merchandise will at some point be at Alani. So if you have any trips visited to Disney's Hawaiian Resort, uh, get excited because the gift shop will be have even more stuff, even though they already have like Duffy luggage and stuff. And if you are feeling bad because you are a Walt Disney World person and you haven't seen it, don't forget to stop at Disney's Polynesian Village Resort because they always have a bunch of stuff in their store, including Olumel, who I am a fan of, period, the end, even though I was razzed a bit about it on stage by Eva, which you will hear in this episode. Okay, I'm just going to jump to it. I want to get into Duffy fandom. Uh, Stick around. It's going to be a Duffy and Friends party. It's time for another season of The Palmetto Porch, an original podcast from Discover South Carolina. I'm Devin Whitmire. Join me as I get to the heart of what makes South Carolina such a great place to visit by speaking to the locals who make it so special. Premiering December 5th, find The Palmetto Porch wherever you get your podcasts. 
And for more information about our show, visit scpalmettoporch.com. to the world of Duffy and Friends Revealed, the panel, the recap podcast. A couple quick things before we get started. Um, I did edit the audio from this staged presentation just because there were some Duffy and Friends stop motion animation shorts that we played as part of the panel that obviously we're not playing over audio, but do not fear because you can actually watch all of them from home and they are linked to in the show notes. Just to correlate with anything we discussed, We began the panel with Morning Glory. We played the Lena Bell introductory video in the middle of the panel and concluded with Lunchbox Mystery, which is the newest one and includes Lena Bell. They are very cute and I highly recommend watching them because as we discussed in this episode, there is going to be a Duffy and Friends Disney Plus series coming out. Six episodes of these stop motion animation shorts and you can watch their little tiny smiles and frowns and expressions from home. We don't have a date on that yet, but trust I will be screaming it from every platform I have (laughs) once we actually know. If you happen to be new here as well, if you are a Duffy and Friends fan, welcome. Please be sure to listen to our earlier Duffy and Friends episodes as well. We did one on Duffy and Friends in general, and then we also did a second one, which basically kind of introduced Lena Bell, which wasn't a highlight of my career. I'm so grateful to be a media platform for these characters that I love so much. So um, thank you to everyone listening for making that possible. And uh, thank you to Duffy and Friends for existing. Uh, Oh, one more quick thing. I want to just give a hearty shout out to my PR wizard, Frank, who hunted down the audio from this panel with so much gusto that he really made sure we could all enjoy it, whether or not you were able to attend D23 Expo 22. So thank you so, so, so much, Frank, for making this possible. And with that, I present you the world of Duffy and Friends from D23 Expo 2022. doing today? I'm Carly Wiesel. I am a major Duffy fan and I could not be more excited to be here today. And I cannot wait to introduce you to our wonderful panelists, starting with Daniel Ju. Hello, Daniel. Hello, Carly. Uh, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do? Um, yes, I'm the portfolio creative executive for Tokyo Disney Resort and also the creative executive overseeing Duffy and Friends. <gasps> wow, wow, wow. So we, you are one of the many people we have to thank for these characters. Um, one of the many, yes. yes. Speaking of one of the many, next up we have Eva Lee. with me carly oh no i'm quite good (laughs) (laughs) we each have our favorites mine is gelatoni but did anyone buy lena bell while they were here (laughs) have you seen this tail are you kidding me i'm just saying if you don't have one today might be the day to get one uh eva tell us a little bit about what you do with duffy and friends sure hi everyone hello friends of duffy i'm eva lee i'm senior manager of franchise development at walt disney imagining walt disney imagineering um, I, part of my role is to find fun and creative and thoughtful ways to expand on the stories and the characters that were created at Imagineering for the parks, um, which Duffy and Friends is a part of. Thank you so much. And last but not least, we have Charlie Watanabe. Charlie Watanabe. 
Kelly is sporting the latest from our fall-winter Lena Bell line. <laughs> and doesn't he look great? Give him a hand! <laughs> now, Charlie, please tell us what you do in the world of Duffy and Friends. Uh, I'm the global writer for Duffy and Friends, so uh, like the morning glory story you just watched. Um, I wrote... Uh, based on some of, actually, my own experiences, too. And um, I'm actually, to introduce myself, I'm senior story editor at Walt Disney Imagineering. And I write a lot of stories for to the Tokyo Parks with Daniel. Um, I also do write lots of stories for Duffy all over the world. Thank you so much. Give it up for Charlie! Well, I assume this room is packed with Duffy and Friends fans, so... I would love to discuss with all three of you how far we've come. We have a full lineup of friends now. We basically have a basketball team's worth. And I'm very much looking forward to breaking down each and every one of them. But I would love to start at the beginning, especially of Duffy's origins. Duffy the Disney Bear and his original arrival to Tokyo Disney Sea. Daniel, can you tell me a bit about that? Um, yes, well, back in like... 2004, we, we brought the Disney bear to Tokyo, um, but wanted to give him his, a name and wanted to give him a story that connected him to Tokyo Disney Sea. Um, I hope many of you have been to Tokyo Disney Sea. It's one of the most, it's one of the most beautiful parks uh, in the world that we've ever built. And there is an area there called Cape Cod. Um, and so in Cape Cod, that's where uh, Duffy uh, was first introduced. And the story is that, that we developed for Duffy is that Minnie made Duffy, stitched Duffy, as a gift to Mickey so that Mickey would have a companion as he traveled uh, the different ports of call around Tokyo Disney Sea. And um, where you can find him is in this little corner of Cape Cod. Now, for anyone who has not had the pleasure of going to Tokyo Disney Sea, can you tell us a bit about what sort of Duffy sights or experiences they might see when they are in that space? Well, right now, um, the original location where you could find Duffy was in a, a little store called Aunt Peg's uh, General Store. And, but since Duffy has become so popular, we've added a, a, a place where you can meet him called the uh, Cape Cod uh, village greeting place. Um, there is a stage show with Duffy at the um, uh, Cape Cod cook-off. And um, around Disney Sea, you'll see like Duffy right here, he's sitting on a little uh, photo stand here. You will find those little stands, every those little photo spots everywhere around Disney Sea so that you can take a picture of your own Duffy uh, in Tokyo Disney Sea. And is the point of that to kind of be like your Duffy is on vacation with you? Yeah, what's really interesting about our guests in Japan is they have basically, um, they are taking Duffy uh, around their journey through Tokyo Disney Sea, just like Mickey does. So they, uh, Duffy is their companion in the parks. Um, there is a specific way that they hold their Duffy when they walk through the parks. Please show us, please. Okay, so you never, never hold your, your Duffy or your Duffy friend with them facing you. Now, in the America, this is how you would hold it because you want to see their face. But in Japan, you always hold them facing out because you want them to experience the park with you. And so it's a very, very different 
way of thinking of a friend and a companion. Um, they will uh, eat with their duffies. They're the, they will get the high chairs to eat with their duffies. Um, they rent strollers for their duffies. They dress up their duffies in many, many costumes. Um, these are all custom-made, guest-produced costumes for their duffies. And when we saw our guests doing this and creating their own stories with their duffy, we thought, "Oh, there's got to be some more uh, friends of Duffy that we have to produce." And that is how we got to this lineup. Look at them! Yeah. Give it up for Duffy and Friends. They truly couldn't be cuter. Now, there's so much more to these characters beyond just sharing a similar look and being friends. So I would love to break down each individual character and what they represent, starting with Duffy the Disney Bear. So, Charlie, you want to say Yeah, we're all looking at you, Charlie. Let's go for it, Charlie. (laughs) I think Danny already explained how Duffy came to be. So one of the things about Duffy is that Um, You know, I talk about the sort of a philosophical beliefs and vision we have about each of the friends. And so for Duffy, he is, um, his core value is pure innocence. And the reason that's so important for Duffy and friends overall is that we all have this pure innocence or had this pure innocence when we were little. And we were able to see the world as is. We were able to appreciate friends, people who care about you as they are. And as we get older, uh, we um, start to develop jealousy, pride, and all sorts of things that will hinder our um, ability to feel happy and make everybody happy. And so I always think like Duffy is the character that would remind us that we all have an inner Duffy in ourselves, right? So that if you remember that, then you can go back to that pure, pure, innocent self. And that's, I think, what uh, Duffy does to all of us. And since then, I already talked about the origin story, so I thought I would just share that philosophy behind Duffy himself. Isn't that beautiful? Give it up for Charlie! If you were here because you were like, that bear's cute and I kind of like it, brace yourself. (laughs) There's a a lot more to the story. (laughs) Um, And so as we discussed with Daniel, after Duffy came Shelly May. There was clearly a demand. Yeah, give it up for Shelly May. There's clearly a demand for another character. But who is Shelly May? Okay, Shelly May is a... Um, a friend of Duffy at that point, now she's friends with everybody, but um, she actually is a little bit adventurous than Duffy. Duffy is pretty, a um, little bit timid sometimes, and um, he is a little bit reserved. Um, he's not a risk taker, but Shelly May is the one who is a little bit more adventurous, and she would encourage Duffy to take an extra step and then try new things. And she's also very... Um, dexterous and she is crafty so she's able to make a lot of things with her hands and uh, she loves making gifts uh, for her friends especially for those who are in need and she goes out of her out of her way to help others with her handmade gifts incredible i love it and once we were introduced to shelly may next came gelatoni 
<laughs> oh yeah, we got some Gelatoni fans in the house today. I know. So we have this internal fight over Gelatoni with <laughs> Danny and me because I wanted to hold Gelatoni today. Uh, Gelatoni's mine. I know he's Gelatoni's like, it's mine. mine. It's mine. I'm like, okay, that is against the philosophy of Duffy and Friends. <laughs> like mine, mine. Like. <laughs> yeah, you have some lessons to learn from that short. I know. I know. Like. Yeah. So anyway, Gelatoni is a, a very artistic cat, but he is, he's not only just artistically, artistically talented, but he's also able to see beauty in everything he sees, which means that he's able to see um, beyond his eyes. And I think we often forget to see that there's beauty in pretty much everything, but he's the one who would remind us that, wait, let's see beyond what our eyes see. And so um, one of the things about Duffin Friends is that they all teach each other about something, but not in a kind of an in-your-face way. In a very uh, subtle way, they are able to kind of, because they are just who they are. For example, Gelatoni doesn't think that, oh, I am so artistically talented, and you should learn something from me about art. He would never, ever even think that. They're all little children, and so they are not, uh, you know, they don't have any pride or they don't brag what, what they have. It's just so natural. Uh, it's a natural part of them. So, yeah, he's the one who uh, um, sort of, you know, very subtly teaches everyone the, um, the value of art and being able to see beauty in everything. Because Gelatoni was the first non-bear friend, what went into that decision and how did, and this question is for any of you, how did you land on a cat? How did you choose Gelatoni to be the first one out of the gate? Yeah, well, I mean, with, with both Duffy and then Shelly Mae coming out, it would have been very just common to go, okay, we'll just make a whole series of bears, right? Um, but part of our job was to think about, okay, how can we expand the world of Duffy? And I really felt that there needed to be a kind of a diverse family of characters um, that had very strong uh, personality traits. And so, um, as you know, Gelatoni is very artistically gifted. And so we wanted, we wanted, you know, Duffy can, can be somewhat neutral in a way um, because he's so innocent and so childlike. And so having these other characters that have very strong um, uh, personalities, as well as being kind of different animals or, or different forms, uh, I felt would be uh, um, create much more interesting stories, would allow us to have very deeper stories and, and um, also create characters that might appeal to very different people. And it worked because next we have Stella Lou, the fourth <laughs> member of Duffy and Friends. Seems like there are a lot of Stella Lou fans. Um, Stella Lou is a rabbit who loves to dance, but also she's pretty spunky. And um, she, her dream is to become a, an established dancer. And so she tries really hard. And I think many of you are familiar with the, the way... Duffy met Stella Lou, um, you know, she was practicing um, on the stage and she'd keep falling and Duffy got really concerned, but, you know, she was like, I'm fine. I'm like, because it's my dream to become a dancer. 
And then, you know, Duffy goes like, I thought dream is something you have while you're sleeping. And then she goes like, well, you know, try, trying to be something that you want to be is also a dream. And that's when uh, Duffy learns what a dream means. But at the same time, Duffy says to Stella Lou, like, you are already a star to me. And, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and thus, actually, the name Stella Star um, came from, too. Because there's a, again, you know, obviously, Duffy learns what a dream is, right, uh, from Stella Lou. But Stella Lou also learns Duffy's innocent but caring, genuine, you know, sort of a words. Um, and then that, that really kind of cemented their relationship or friendship. And visually, this is the first character that looks a bit different, specifically with those ears rendered in plush. How, in the design process, you went for it. Like, you didn't make little ears on Stella Lou. How did you reach this conclusion of just really leaning in and making her look so good? <laughs> <laughs> well, again, I mean, it's, we really wanted to um, make the characters very different from each other um, and highlight what makes them special. Um, and, and while making sure that when you saw her, you could sense that she is part of this whole family of friends of, around Duffy. Um, the colors of Duffy and friends are somewhat muted. They're not like bright primary colors. And so that was very important for us as well because they, when you look at them, they, are, they do have a soothing quality to them. And, and I think our fans really appreciate that. Actually, I decided to put on these, uh, you know, pink shirt and, and blue things so that I would become the next friend of Duffy. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're automatically a friend of Duffy. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I am. I am, actually. Daniel mentioned the soothing quality of them. Um, a, a word that I learned from Charlie was Iyashi. And we don't have a, a equivalent word in English, but it means all things that I think we all need, which is soothing, calm, comfort. So sort of regardless of the character, the animal type, um, we make sure that in all sort of executions of the friend, right, that Yashi is really carried all the way through. And I know even for myself, I didn't know that word at first, but I knew that quality, that element within these characters is apparent, even if you don't realize it or not. Exactly. Yashi is the next umami. <laughs> <laughs> I think Yashi is going to enter the English uh, lexicon, I think. Uh, Yashi is a, I think one of the things we found is that Yashi is a global concept. Uh, because I think regardless of what culture you live in, you want something that makes you feel relaxed, you feel loved, you feel soothed and calm, peaceful, you know. And then th that's the kind of feeling we need. And then if you are ready for a Japanese economy 101, I'll tell you that in the 80s, we had this bubble economy where everything was just so business oriented. Everybody worked so hard, overworked and all that. And the economy uh, bubble burst. And everybody was like, what was that? And then everybody was like, exhausted and stressed. And, and then that's when the word yashi became such a social word. And so everybody wanted something that would make them feel like really um, relaxed, loved. And that that's, seems to be what Duffin friends um, are bringing to all the fans. Regardless, even in you know, China or Aulani, you know, Hawaii or Japan, um, 
it's 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 just an amazingly important feeling. I think we know when we create um, these characters and then we when I write stories, I always have that in mind. I'm like, how can we provide Yashi to the people who actually um, read the stories and experience the characters? Beautifully put. Thank you, Charlie. Uh, our next friend is Cookie Ann. Do we have any Cookie Ann fans in the house? Amazing. Cookie Ann, even though she does have a chef's hat, but she's not just good at cooking. What she's really good at is combining um, seemingly unrelated things and to create something unique and amazing. And she does do that oftentimes in her recipes, but that's not the only thing. I mean, if you know the original story, you know, Duffy actually was offered this uh, cotton candy waffle sandwich. I mean, who has had, co you know, waffle and wa waffles or cotton candy on waffles? Who's, you, who's you have, Charlie, you have. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I have. <laughs> Of course, when you write stories like that, you got to try it and you, you got to do it. And um, when one of these days, probably we're going to show the uh, longer version of Cookie Ann's origin story, in which uh, where you will find Cookie Ann's very inventive spirit. She really invents um, so many wonderful things. And again, the philosophical message um, behind her is that. When we are, you know, faced with uh, issues and can't um, solve certain things, and then, but if you actually combine two things that are seem so unrelated, but then you actually come up with something amazing you didn't think would work, and so I strongly recommend that you try that today. Like when you're faced with something, just combine two things, the things that don't seem connected, because again, as we get older we are so influenced by social expectations, right? A has to go with B, you know, C has to go with D, but then probably A with an H, whether A and a Z, and then you'll come up with something completely different, and I've never seen that before. That's what Cookie N does for you. I know we have a few more friends to get to, but I think now would be a great time to discuss just how all of these friends work together. I know that you've mentioned before that they kind of bring out the best in each other, how did their different personality traits kind of intertwine to improve Duffy and Friends, the group, as a whole? Well, they do complement each other in terms of talent, personality. And I don't know, if Carly, I think I told you that we have this whole map of, you know, interrelationships between Duffy and Shelley Mae, Duffy and... Uh, you got to drop Bell. that map, Charlie. Yeah. <laughs> we need to see it. <laughs> Yeah, so they, for example, one thing about, for example, our, you know, new character, Lena Bell, and Cookie Ann are, uh, have a, every single one of them actually is a unique relationship, but Cookie Ann also is very inventive. Now, Lena Bell, we're going to talk about, is also like a detective character who loves solving problems. And then, um, if you know, you'll see, you might see later today, but Cookie Ann has a spatula with a hole in the middle. And she uses that almost like a magnifying glass because she wants to solve problems too. And so actually Cookie Ann feels like Lena Bell is her idol. It's like, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's like one day I want to be like Lena Bell. I mean, this is the kind of relationship I want to create because they all emulate each other. I want to be like you, Duffy. I want to be like you, Shirley May, you know, and I want to be like Daniel. 
<laughs> Means he literally wants to take that gelatonia. <laughs> well, one more friend. I mean, we have many more, but the next friend up is Olumel. <laughs> Don't give me that look. I like Olumel. Yeah. I, yes. Olu, I, <laughs> I just like gelatoni the most. Yes. Olumel is a turtle. Um, and he is talented musically, but that's not the only thing he's talented in. He is able to be in, uh, be one with nature. And so he's able to play with a, a bird singing or trees like rustling. And, you know, those things that the, the natural things that we might not notice, he's able to hear music in them. And so he's able to um, play or uh, create harmony with nature. And of course, he plays ukulele. But somehow, when you're around him, listening to his music, you feel a lot of yashi, and you feel like everything is going to be okay. That's the power of Olumel. Carly, remember that. I will remember that. <laughs> uh, before we get to our newest friend, I just want to cut in and ask a question that many fans have asked to me. What's the deal with Tippy Blue? <laughs> yeah, Tippy Blue... I know some of you out there know who Tippy Blue is, and Tippy Blue is not really a part of this narrative. So, oh, where well, does Tippy Blue fit in? He, he's there. He's there. He's flying somewhere right now. <laughs> he's a seagull, right? And, and he's uh, he's a mail, ca mail carrier, actually, because Carly asked me to explain who uh, Tippy Blue is. So I kind of just like, what would be the perfect word to describe? Um, uh, tippy blue and uh, actually the word scatterbrain kind of works the best and according to um, Merriam-Webster dictionary it says a person or a seagull who is forgetful <laughs> disorganized and unable to concentrate or think clearly so that's definitely <laughs> that's definitely um, tippy blue and uh, yeah he he delivers mail in Cape Cod but He's a very good uh, character to have among Duffin friends. Um, first of all, he's not a child. And also, because he's forgetful and he screws up, and so it's a very nice element to have, you know, especially when you're writing a story. And you can still see Tippy Blue at Tokyo Disney Sea at Cape Cod Cook-Off, correct? Yes, yes. On there. stage. There's a full stage show, you guys. It's ridiculous. It's so good. Has anyone seen it? Yeah, we're in the right room. Uh, and last but not least, we have our new friend, Lena Bell. Look at this. Look at this. I, I can't get over the tail. I'm obsessed with it. Now, what is it about Lena Bell that made her worthy of joining this group of illustrious friends? <laughs> That's a worthy. <laughs> well, she is... Um... As Daniel said, we every time we come up with uh, a new new character, we think of all sorts of things. But um, she is the the one who is the most intelligent, and um, she loves to solve mysteries. But she also loves to learn, and um, so and then she's like a detective, and because she wants to find solutions to all sorts of problems. And then, um, of course, you, we're going to watch a little um, uh, video now, but I would like to just say that the reason, or philosophical, again, reason behind Lena Bell is that um, the clues are everywhere, that 
when we are faced with uh, our everyday problems with friends, work, uh, or school, you know, you we kind of like, I'm stuck in, in this problem, and the clues to your problems might be right in front of you, you just don't see them. And so he, she's the one who teaches us to kind of just open your eyes, you know, take out your mental uh, magnifying glass, and then you'll probably see all the clues that you thought that, that didn't exist. And so that's uh, Lena Bell. uttered the words genie plus knows firsthand that vacations require time money planning energy and if you put all that effort into enjoying your trip already why not extend the highlights of that getaway into your everyday with framebridge put that vintage epcot ticket up in your office and give it a little personality surprise your kid with their favorite character's autograph immortalized on the wall of their room Framebridge makes it so easy and affordable to custom frame any photo, park map, or even cocktail napkin from a theme park hotel bar in just minutes. You can mock up exactly what it'll look like on their website before you even spend a dime. Things ship fast and they ship for free, and their colorful custom framing means they'll not only help you plan your gallery wall, but make sure your place looks cooler than the interiors of that mid-century modern home within Spaceship Earth. I love the mementos I framed with Framebridge so much that I rearranged my entire office so I can enjoy them daily. This is not a bit. This is this is true life. They're the backdrop to my podcast Zoom interviews, my Instagram stories, and even the goofy photos we take of Pearl tip-tapping away at my keyboard like she's a miniature employee. Too often, our favorite memories of a vacation are tucked inside our phone or shoved within a drawer, and it thrills me to no end that because of Framebridge, I can finally be surrounded by my memories. Framebridge makes custom framing easy, affordable, and enjoyable. And on top of that, their happiness guarantee ensures that no matter what, you'll wind up with something you love. To get started, head to framebridge.com because your precious travel memories shouldn't have to stay in the past. That's framebridge.com. It's time for another season of The Palmetto Porch, an original podcast from Discover South Carolina. I'm Devin Whitmire. Join me as I get to the heart of what makes South Carolina such a great place to visit by speaking to the locals who make it so special. Premiering December 5th, find The Palmetto Porch wherever you get your podcasts. And for more information about our show, visit scpalmettoporch.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. It seems like, as, as the slide says, she loves to learn new things, but it seems like Lena Bell... Even though she is the newest, she has quite an impact on the full range of Duffy and Friends. She brings a different energy to the group. Can can you guys talk about that a bit? Yeah, I think we Dan um, referred to it a lot, but we, 
you know, we think about the whole group when we start developing a new character. Um, Charlie walked you through seven characters that were developed over the course of maybe near, nearly two decades, right? Um, so the amount of time and thoughtfulness um, and research, right? Uh, this is a, a Imagineering project after all. So the amount of rigor, right, that we put into um, researching um, traits and personalities so that when we do introduce a new friend, that a new dynamic is, is added, right? That it's um, complementary to the existing set of traits, but that it also adds a new dynamic and an energy and, you know, a new um, dimension to, to the friends because ultimately they do need to work um, in harmony and together. So it's a balancing um, of those two things. And the development process of these characters seems like no easy task. Uh, can you tell us a bit about what we're looking at right now? Yeah, these are some early concept images of Lena Bell. And um, story is always first, right? We always think through um, the personality traits, the uniqueness of them, what it adds to the friend group. Um, and then we layer on top of it the design elements, what type of animal, what color, what size, right? Is it big? Is it small? Um, how do we really make the character also stand on its own um, as well as fit in with the with the rest of the friends? And I, I would say with, with uh, you know, these sketches show is we were also looking at silhouette. So when you when you look at each of the characters, if you were to squint your eyes, would you be able to uh, identify them? And what we really wanted in her silhouette, uh, as you had seen uh, or discussed, Carly, was her tail and her ears her ears are really really large um so she definitely is a different um has a different silhouette than the other characters it still fits in wonderfully yeah. and it seems like everyone's a fan of lena bell because her launch was nothing short of successful <laughs> uh can you tell the audience a bit about what we're looking at yeah so before the launch of any new character um you know we collectively along with a, a bigger, larger group at Imagineering, you know, and our site partners um, pour their sort of heart and soul into these characters, but you'd never really know, right? You never really know how the guests and the fans will, will react. And these are some images from the first day of Lena Bell's introduction at, um, at Shanghai Disney Resort um, last September. And the pictures that you saw were sort of morning to evening as we welcomed Lena Bell into Duffy and Friends. And the response has just been so incredibly overwhelming, I think. Um, and at the end of last year, she was actually selected um, as InStyle China's Friend of the Year. They have a Person of the Year um, for their annual issue that releases every December. But for their, um, their 2021 issue, Lena Bell was selected as their Friend of the Year. And just, just such an honor, and I think, for us to um, have welcomed her. It's just been so, so, so incredible. And being here with with you all, you know, sh um, watching these videos and from backstage hearing your reactions to the Morning Glory video. We haven't screened it and been in a room with this many people. And to hear your collective awes, I think, for us, have been just, um, just been so incredible. We were all talking about it. It was very exciting. <laughs>
Um, and I know we've talked before about the costuming, the clothing for Lita Bell. Can you talk to us about why, why it's so significant that she dresses a little differently than the other Duffy and Friends? I think it's related to everything we've talked about, right? We're, we're really focused on making sure that the traits, the individual personalities that obviously Charlie has thought through and so carefully sort of mapped out for these friends are expressed in all forms, right? Um, not only in their plush forms, but in their many, many, many outfits that they get <laughs> dressed up in throughout the year. Um, so Charlie's worst nightmare, one of his worst nightmares, um, is for any of the two friends to be interchangeable, right? Um, a, a shirt for old Mel should not also be um, fitting for, for Duffy, right? Because what they um, dress themselves and how they express themselves should be really unique to who they are. And we don't have, you know, besides some of these stop motions that we've released, we don't have a lot of opportunity to, to do a lot of that storytelling. So we want to make sure that that's carried through in every single um, sort of expression of the friends. But something that I learned from you guys that was so fascinating to me is that Duffy and Friends don't know Disney parks exist. Can you explain that? <laughs> well, why should they? Because <laughs> they, I thought before until I spoke with you, I thought they lived there. Well, it's very important. We wanted to make sure that they lived in specific lands in the parks, but they don't know about the theme park. They know about the land. Right. So they live in this fantastical world. And when we say Cape Cod in American waterfront, we're not talking about this American waterfront Cape Cod in Tokyo Disney Sea. It's a fantastical place called Cape Cod. And so Met Harbor, Mediterranean Harbor, uh, the gelatoni is from, is really not in Tokyo Disney Sea. Uh, Cookie Ann, Main Street, USA, but that's not in Hong Kong Disneyland. They live in this fantastical world, and it's very important that they live in a, in a very pure world where there's no like theme parks or Disney logos or any of that thing, those uh, things. And so, so that we can really create this very pure, genuine world. Once we start mixing different worlds like that, um, then it's very difficult to tell the, the pure story that we want to uh, convey. And then what is the, the philosophy of them all joining together in a Disney park? How does that happen? They are not gathering in a Disney park. I'm sorry. <laughs> see, I'm already... Oh, God, I'm going to get in trouble. Uh, when we see them all standing on Main Street USA, are they visiting their friends? Yeah, they're, they're visiting friends. Yeah, for what? Is that funny? <laughs> I think it's similar to how Anna and Elsa, right, Christoph Olaf, they live in Arendelle. Um, we have expressions of them in the park, and Duffy and Friends, they also have their own world that they live in, um, and that's Cape Cod or Mediterranean Harbor, Main Street, USA. So those are some of the philosophies that we sort of have built out in our story world. And I know this morning in the Disney Parks panel, Josh Tomorrow announced a bit of news about Duffy and Friends. Would you mind uh, re-announcing that for anyone who didn't happen to be there? Sure. If um, you all were not there, um, and we know one of the key questions is when, right, when are Duffy and Friends returning to the U.S.? Um, not if, <laughs> when. <laughs> 
Well, they're returning um, in the form of a Disney Plus series, six episodes, stop motion. Um, we really want the you know tactical nature, the Iyashi of the friends really expressed and um, more details to come, but we're really, really excited to be working with Disney Plus on it. Amazing. And what fascinates me, yeah, give it up. We're getting more Duffy friends, people. What fascinates me about these shorts is that they never speak. There's really no words uttered, and yet you still know all of their interpersonal relationships and how they work together. How do you pull something like that off in a little short video? Um, so when I write these stories, actually there is dialogue. And so that the, we can discuss the emotional um, content, uh, emotional direction, and all that. And then we're sort of, thankfully so far, we've been able to express the emotions without words by um, actually, for the first time, actually with this morning glory, we really uh, manipulated their eyes, you know, their mouth shapes. And then you would be so surprised how much emotion you can express just by the position of the mouth. And I don't know if some of you have seen the spring picnic, or sorry, spring surprise uh, video where Olumel falls into the pit. Uh, sorry, uh, spoiler alert. And so, <laughs> but then I want you to pay attention to the position of his mouth. And then he switches from side to side. And uh, just so amazing. Uh, we work with this amazing stop motion uh, production company, and then they just know, um, they have learned so much about how we express emotions through nonverbal but stop motion um, uh, context. And I just want to, you know, uh, give a shout out to all our character artists too. I mean, they really bring Life, to life, all the you know the character we talk about it, but the character artists, um, I don't know, Ethan Reed, uh, Laura West, yeah, go Ethan, <laughs> you know those. I mean, amazing artists have really contributed to bringing these characters to life, and uh, you know that's why they're there. And um, you know, so we're really grateful that we are able to work with really talented people, including that stop motion production company. And I think what's really, really exciting for us working with Disney Plus is that ability to now uh, go uh, first out with our stories and with uh, new experiences with the characters. And that may require other characters to come into the story. And so we, we really, instead of designing a character and then having it you know, having them be part of the friends, we think it's actually going to be much better to develop the stories. And then if a new character is required, um, that then we will add new characters. Before we move on, I do just want to quickly ask each of you, what is your most memorable moment of working on Duffy and Friends? I became a friend of Duffy in 2007 and um, in Japan. When I was working in Japan, uh, I was living there, um, overseeing the WDI office there. And I got to see our guests in Japan um, really embrace these characters in a way that I have never seen um, uh, our fans embrace other characters. Um, it was quite um, amazing to, to see how they... Um, dressed their duffies how they they named their duffies different names and um 
they walk around the parks with their duffies and they and it it took a long while for me to to really understand what was going on um you know as the um as the birth rate goes down in Japan, the Duffy ownership goes up, right? So <laughs> it's sort of like a surrogate children uh, that they have. But I, I do think that what Charlie talked about, where this sense of Iyashi and the comfort that he provides them is really quite special. Um, and I think it's something that Tokyo Disney World Tokyo Disney Resort provides for our guests overall is this ability to be safe, feel safe, uh, feel assured, and to be able to express themselves without any judgment. Um, you know, in Japan's uh, society is very, very judgmental, um, and there's a lot of stress and pressure in that. Look at me in that culture. Look at me. Look at, look so at Charlie. stressed. Charlie is so stressed. <laughs> Um, but what we do at the resort and what we do with Duffy and friends is we really give them an, uh, an avenue to express themselves and be free of that. And I think to me, that is what's really special about Duffy and friends. Actually, um, I've, uh, been reading scientific research on that. And in fact, as we humans hold something fuzzy, um, soft, and then chemicals are uh, secreted in our brain, and that makes us feel better. And it's actually for better sort of a um, mental being and, and it, like a life-changing experience, some research actually shows. So we are really contributing to uh, the improvement of humanity. <laughs> You're that Duffy and Friends is good for your health. <laughs> uh, real quickly, Eva or Charlie, do you have a memory that sticks out as... Probably my first time at Tokyo Disney Sea. Um, I wasn't actually part of this team then, but walking into that park and seeing our guests um, literally and physically, right, uh, sort of hold on to their friends as they were going on attractions. And I think certain attractions have lockers for their friends. And um, just wondering and being so curious about who these characters were and um, why they were so different from anything I'd ever seen at the, our domestic parks. Um, so I think personally that, that memory is, is pretty strong. Um, professionally, my tenure on the, the Duffy and Friends team hasn't been as long as Daniel and Charlie's, but um, working alongside them and um, a fabulous team on, on the development of Lena Bell, I think, and launching her into the world has... Um, just been so um, just fulfilling and heartwarming and working with Charlie on fleshing out her story and then working with our, our partners to bring her to life and bring her to our guests. Um, that, that moment's pretty special. Charlie, real quick. Real quick. <laughs> Actually, the, one of the most memorable moments just happened about 50 minutes ago, standing really, as yeah. Eva said, and because we get to create these characters and all that, create stop motion videos, but they're all on YouTube, right? We don't get to see that like screened in a theater. And so when you were watching Morning Glory, you know, we're just standing right there, and then everybody goes like, ah, mm, ah, you know, I'm like, 
I, this is what it feels like when you're in a screening of your own movie, and then you go like, wow, people are actually understanding what's happening in the movie, <laughs> liking it. That was such a special moment. Now, before we go, we have two last special surprises. The first is that on your way out, you will be given a small giveaway, a small treat to commemorate your time here. But that's nothing in comparison to what we've got now. Say hello to Duffy and Lena Bell. Thank you all so much. Carly, this is Emily in North Carolina, long-time listener, first-time caller. Uh, not exactly a theme park question, but I recall seeing on Instagram that you've gone to Vegas a couple of times recently and done it like the quote-unquote wrong way, and my husband and I are going for a business trip for him soon. I'm tagging along and working my East Coast hours and like bopping around in the afternoon, and we are not party people. We don't gamble. We barely drink, uh, but we've been before and liked it, but I was wondering if you had any tips for like... Vegas attractions that are a little less Vegasy, if you know what I mean. Definitely going to the Meow Wolf uh, installation because I saw you do it and it looked amazing. But yeah, food, attractions, shows that you would like to recommend, would love to hear it. Thanks. You called the right gal when it comes to Vegas recommendations. Now, I am kind of on the same level as you. I don't like gambling. Um, I prefer to hold on to my money and buy candy with it, which is what I always do. Uh, I've been to Vegas with my family. I've gone with my husband. I don't usually carry much cash. Um, but often, you know, if I go with my parents, sometimes they'll treat me like I'm a child and they'll be like, here's 20 bucks to gamble. Or I'll be like, Ben, can I have some money to gamble because I have no cash? And they'll give me cash and then I will keep it. <laughs> That's what I call gambling. I will take money from a family member and I'll put it in my pocket and later I will buy myself some nice Sugarfina candy. That's just how I roll because I don't like to lose money. So... If you don't gamble and you don't drink very much, I personally don't drink very much. I just like to get one nice cocktail if I'm somewhere special. Uh, I have a ton of recommendations for you. Or conversely, a lot of these recommendations also work if you are going to Las Vegas as a family or with children. Uh, most of the things I like to do are activities and silly and goofy, which works as well for a bunch of people as it does for two adults who aren't really invested in gambling. So as we mentioned, yes, Omega Mart, which is the newest project in Las Vegas from the Meow Wolf team. It's really fun, and it's really filled a void there for something to do that really draws a crowd. It's at this place called Area 15. They have a bunch of other stuff on site. I didn't spend much time at the other things because they weren't really in my bag. I didn't really think they were that great, the other stuff. Uh, there is a bar that has pinball machines. It's fun. But Omega Mart, I think we spent an hour and a half there about. Uh, it's fun. Make sure to check the fine print on the rules. I don't want to spoil anything, but there is something in there regarding wardrobe specifically if there is a certain experience you want to do. So just be sure to check that out. I really liked Omega Mart. I really like the storefront, which is a, the public facing, except you have to have admission to get in. But it's like a kind of a grocery store that's not a grocery store. And it's a really, really fun twist on what they do. And I truly enjoyed it. Uh, I recommend it. It's a little weird. It's a little more... Uh, it's more of like an immersive game activity than I usually prefer to do in my free time. So I kind of skipped over a lot of the deep, 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 deep storytelling in it and did more of the surface stuff. And I still had a wonderful time. So I recommend it. Other stuff that I have done in Las Vegas that I think is cool. The Neon Museum, which basically has this, I think they call it the Neon Boneyard. It's a bunch of old signs from many, many years over in Las Vegas. It's very cool. 
They have tours during the day and at night. I think I preferred the one during the day because at night, not all the signs were lit up. Some of them just had like lights shining on them, but I just went on the website and some of the signs look lit up. So either I think my memory's right. Just check out the night tour before you book it. There is a pinball hall of fame in the area, which is a lot of fun. There's a ton of pinball machines there. And I have a vague recollection of there being an old school popcorn vending machine, which was very cool. There's Monster Mini Golf. They might have two of them now, but I went to one that was Kiss themed. I don't remember what hotel it was at, but if you Google it, you can find it. It was basically like a little blacklit, but like a fun themed indoor mini golf course, which was a lot of fun. Um, I once did the Slotzilla zip line at Fremont Street, which I'm scared of heights. And I still thought it was very fun. It was fun to like be flying over such a like a popular uh, crowd filled space. I don't know. It was kind of cool. I usually don't do that stuff. It's cool, though. Um, And the other wild card I'm going to throw out is that there is a Bellagio gallery of fine art. It costs money to get in. I think it costs 18 bucks, which is laughable, but they have an art gallery there. So if you want like a little break from everything, that is a nice place to go. In terms of food, I have a few spots that I always like to hit. There is a local joint called Omelette House, which if you want a big old breakfast, Omelette House is the place to be. It's very kitschy. It's exactly like right up my alley. My type of spot. Highly recommend. My favorite Las Vegas restaurant is Carbone. It is the sister restaurant to the one in New York City. Honestly, I've been to both. The Vegas one, I think, is better. Um, Not only do you avoid like the whole mess of trying to get into the New York one, which is a whole other thing, but... I just think it runs better as like a bigger restaurant and I I just kind of like it better in Vegas. I'm sorry, I do. Um, Since the pandemic became what it is now, where a lot of people are traveling, a lot of people are going out, it is really hard to get a reservation there. I went to dine there like the moment my vaccines vested, (laughs) like the moment they kicked in because it's indoors. I went there and then I went there for my birthday in June and it was impossible to get a reservation in June. So if that's something you want, just be sure to check the website a lot. If you see a random time, nab it. Um, It is, I think, the best restaurant in Vegas. I love it very much, so I highly recommend it. There's also a famous Thai restaurant called Lotus of Siam that is very, very good. My best friend Alex told me about it. It's great. Highly recommend. I think that is all for food. The two other things I want to recommend. So I um, go to, I think you should go to a spa if that's something you're into. I've been to the Wind Spa, which is enormous. <laughs> it's enormous. It's mind bogglingly big. And it's like, these spas are so gigantic. They're like industrial spas for like huge corporate get togethers. It's it's wild. Highly recommend. Uh, I know I've said highly recommend a million times, but I do highly recommend it. Um, I also like to go to the pool if I'm staying at a nice hotel early in the morning because one, it's hot. And two, I don't want to deal with the whole mishigas of getting a chair. I just want to jump in the pool, be in there for five minutes and then get out. So that's my tip. And last but not least, I have yet to see a show I love in Las Vegas. However, I know that some people who work on Blue Man Group in Las Vegas, listen to this podcast, listen to Very Amusing. If you are listening, hello! Sorry I saved your recommendation for the end of this segment, but uh, if that is something that is up your alley, I highly recommend it because they are uh, theme park people like us. So it's kind of nice to like see your friend, your virtual audio friends' show. And the next time I'm in Vegas, I'm absolutely going to see Blue Man Group because they sent me such a nice email when I was in Las Vegas last. And they're like, hey, we listen, come to the show. And now I'm like, I want to go to the show. I haven't been to Blue Man Group in so many years and I really enjoyed it. Okay, so that's all I got. <laughs> I will never say highly recommend again. Is there anything I left out? 
No, I think that's it. I think that's it. I hope you have so much fun. I hope you have a great time. And just me being kind of an overprotective mother figure. I have been hearing a lot of stories of people going to Vegas and coming back with COVID. I went in June when we had a lot of COVID and I wore a mask uh, the entire time, except for at that Carbone meal. And I came through unscathed. So I just recommend packing some masks and having a good time. Have so much fun. Oh, man, you're gonna have a great time. Hey, Carly, this is Lauren from Nashville. I just saw you mentioned that um, Duffy has not appeared at the U.S. parks since, I think, 2015 or 2016 as a meet and greet. And I know that that's true for in the parks, but I ran my first Run Disney race in January of 2020, and Duffy was a meet and greet character on the half marathon course. I tried to find a picture. Um, I did not stop for a photo at the time because I wanted to make sure I finished my race. I was afraid if I stopped, I would not be able to restart. And so Duffy was definitely there in January of 2020 on the course and was wearing a Christmas or a holiday outfit. It was super adorable, and I hope someone can find a photo of him because it was awesome, and I was hopeful that it was maybe test for bringing Duffy back to the parks, but now I think it was just a kind of run Disney exclusive. So fingers crossed that Duffy and friends come back to the U.S really, really soon. And I thought that was a fun um, meet and greet for them. So hopefully, hopefully it'll be back soon um, because it's been way, way too long. And take care. I'm just going to put it out there. Y'all know I do not love to run. It does not feel good on my bones. I don't like it. I like to work out very intense for a very short period of time, which I think is kind of the lazy person's approach to fitness because uh, distance running, like like a hold in a speed for a long period of time, physically, I am disinterested. However, this call has done more to get me to actually do another run Disney race because I did one a long time ago. I got injured immediately after. (laughs) I don't want to talk about it. Uh, Not their fault. My fault for not training and then running a half marathon. But this call has done the Lord's work in terms of maybe entertaining the idea of me running a race again. I know run Disney is coming back to Disneyland Resort in 2024. And if there's a whisper of a member of Duffy and Friends being there, I'm just saying, I'm just saying. I am tempted. So thank you for this correction. I greatly appreciate it. And thank you for maybe possibly changing the course of my fitness life. Thank you. This is Grace from Miami. And I, like so many other people, am so incredibly excited about Happily Ever After returning. Um, And I was just scrolling through TikTok and I saw Jordan Fisher's post about like Happily Ever After returning. And it got me thinking, did he know, like, when did Disney tell Jordan Fisher that they were bringing Happily Ever After back? Um, I don't know if you can find the answer to this question, but I trust no one else um, with this thing. So if you could let me know, I'd appreciate it. Thanks. You know all I want to do is talk about Happily Ever After, so I am pleased as punch to discuss this. To catch anyone up who is slightly out of the loop or not as deeply, deeply obsessed with every ounce of news on the timeline of Happily Ever After's return, uh, let me bring you back to July 24th, 2022, when Jordan Fisher tweeted a video and it said WIA, which means where you at, tagged at Walt Disney World. This was the first inkling of... I'm sorry, Jordan Fisher is publicly commenting on Happily Ever After. And I, I'm just going to say it, like the genius I am, I tweeted, please, Lord, let this be a planted video in the start of a marketing campaign to give people what they want. 
And I don't need to call around and ask questions because I know that's exactly what this is. Think about it. He tweeted this in July. D23 Expo was only a few weeks after that. Late July, we're talking, people. Mid to early September is D23 Expo 2022. So if you were thinking of this from a logistical standpoint, from a talent standpoint, they needed to make sure Jordan Fisher was available if this was happening. I think, I mean, who knows if he was originally slated to present, but the timing works out that they would want Jordan Fisher to be at D23 Expo for this. And as I tweeted in July, because again, I am truly, my brain is broken, but it only functions when it comes to happily ever after. I tweeted the day Jordan Fisher announced that. Don't forget, we are 47 days away from the start of D23 Expo, which is six months from the end of Disney World's 50th, making it the perfect time to start floating the idea of bringing back Happily Ever After. I do not think it's a coincidence. Um, I also t- <laughs> I tweeted this past week, uh, gee golly, sometimes it's good to be an absolute psychopath, because it is, because I knew in my bones that there, there was a marketing reason for that. Jordan Fisher wouldn't just tweet that out at the end of July for no reason it would be a coincidence. He knew something we didn't know. I felt it in my bones, in my journalistic, spends too much time online, doesn't trust anyone bones. I knew it. I knew it. And so I'm not even going to research because maybe I'm wrong, but I'm going to keep on believing I was right, <laughs> which is not journalism, but still, I still just feel that if Jordan Fisher was tweeting that out in late July, it was a uh, it was to float the idea, possibly to see reactions, possibly just to, like get people wink wink excited about it. And I'm gonna believe that till the day I die. So yeah, I think Jordan Fisher was in it the whole time. Okay, thank you for calling. Bye. It's time for another season of The Palmetto Porch, an original podcast from Discover South Carolina. I'm Devin Whitmire. Join me as I get to the heart of what makes South Carolina such a great place to visit by speaking to the locals who make it so special. Premiering December 5th, find The Palmetto Porch wherever you get your podcasts. And for more information about our show, visit scpalmettoporch.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. That's our show! Thank you all so much for listening, and thank you to Charlie Watanabe, Daniel Zhu, Eva Lee, and Frank Reifsnyder for making that panel happen and for allowing me to be a part of that magical moment. You can rate, review, and follow Very Amusing on Apple Podcasts or rate and follow us on Spotify. As I mentioned last week that I have done no follow-up research about, apparently downloading it is important. Okay, so if you want to download it, that would be super cool. Again, need to look more into it and still have it. So uh, love that the outro of this podcast is really me failing to hold myself accountable for things on my to-do list. <laughs> oh boy. You can give us a call at 747 Churros, send us a voice note via text to 747 Churros, or email that voice note to 747 Churros at gmail.com. We will be doing a Churros Roundup episode in the next few weeks, so keep those calls coming and we will answer as many of them as possible. 
You can shop all things Very Amusing at very-amusing.com. And oh boy, I'm telling you, I'm sticking myself to it. I'm making a promise. We will have those kids' clothes up on the website by the time you are listening to this. I pray. (laughs) I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm doing it. I'm recording this on Monday. It's on my to-do list. It will be up by Wednesday. I assure you. So now the whole family can let strangers know that either they're a huge fan of Very Amusing, a fun podcast, or that they think they are funnier than the people they see in public, which I guess is kind of the double entendre of the shirt. Never intended for it to be that way. It's mostly just so we can identify each other in public and instantly be friends. But still, you know, it works on multiple levels and I'm here for it. You can follow me at Carly Wiesel on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, or join the family at facebook.com slash groups slash Carly Wiesel. The latest in foam news, sorry, I just kicked a trash can. The latest in foam news is that it's very difficult to order it at Starbucks these days if you want the regular foam, not the the cream, the sweet cream cold foam or like the, the cream-based cold foams. So I've gone back to making it at home more and I bought this s'mores flavored syrup and now i'm i'm at home drinking s'mores flavored foam it is delicious and i highly recommend it's by that company torani i think it's called but the s'more syrup oh perfection this episode was edited pontiferously by jeff fox thanks so much for listening see you real soon Hey, honey, it's mom yet late again. I have to ask you, this was the, first of all, this was the best podcast. I enjoyed it so much. Um, but I wanted to just mention real quick about my recording from last time. I think I went over three minutes because my recording sounded very, very fast. So I was wondering if you sped it up. I think so. I think I noticed that. Anyway, we'll talk about that later. Uh, there's so much to go over and I have so little time. I had no idea how wonderful D23 was. So I wasn't there, so I YouTubed everything, and I saw different panels. I saw Mark Ruffalo star and Harrison Ford, lots of stars. And, of course, I saw your Duffy and Lena Bell panel. That was so good from what I saw, so I'm so happy that some of the people posted videos on Instagram so I could see it. Um, someone was shopping, and they did, like, a video shopping, and I saw the cool Star Wars lit of clothing by Ashley Eckstein, which was so cute. And everything and everyone looked great. There were people dressed up in character. I just loved it. I am definitely going with you next year. You can't just say it's work. I'm going. Um, the Happily Ever After is coming back. Yay! So excited. I was, like, teary-eyed when I heard that. I loved that so much. So that'll be fun. And I saw this the Tron ride. Um, I think I would go on that. If it doesn't go upside down, I think I would do that. That was so cool. And the Hulk's coming back, but I was hoping a little more for Thanos. Yeah, I really was. Um, I did download. I usually download your episodes. I can show you how to do it. I do do that. I press that little button. Um, great week. I can't wait until next week. I can't wait to hear more of your panel and see everybody and hear everything. It was a great week, and I love you so much. Bye, sweetheart.